been a minute, but uh, we are back here on the Bills Beat after some good rest and relaxation and uh, took a couple of trips. But other than that, we are geared up and ready to go here because Bills training camp begins on Thursday. We are recording this on Wednesday, so quite literally tomorrow. The Bills are already, maybe will be in the process of reporting throughout the day today on Wednesday. And it's real. I mean, I kind of said it uh, on the news yesterday. It, it, we now transition from using the term next season into this season <laughs> as of today and tomorrow. And it, it, it gets real in a hurry, man. Matthew Fairburn of The Athletic is always with me. And, dude, it's here. I feel like we've just been, like, killing time <laughs> for, for the last four months. But it, it's, it's actually here. Yeah, pretty much since the draft, all we've been doing is waiting for this because right. you know you can only glean so much from you know the the spring practices and everything else so finally some real meaningful football it'll probably take even a few weeks uh, of camp to kick the rust off and and when we really get to learn something uh, but I think fans are ready to to see what what this team looks like uh, and you know once they throw pads on and it's probably going to be an eventful training camp Mm -hmm. Uh, from not just here in western new york i think people are going to be paying attention to this team for a couple of reasons one good one maybe uh not so good and and the one good might end up being a medium based on what's going on right now and it might end up being not so good as well it could be two not so good reasons that people are paying attention to this team so it's going to be but it will be eventful nonetheless last year was kind of a a dull camp um but i think this year there's going to be plenty to pay attention to hang on anquan bolden it was dull until anquan (laughs) until they started basically once i got back to orchard park uh, they had the anquan bolden snafu at st john fisher college and then marcel goes and and uh misses the team bus yeah and but for the first couple of weeks, I thought, man, what a boring training camp. And then Sammy Watkins gets traded, the whole deal. So got real it, in got, hurry. it got interesting, yeah. but uh, there wasn't too much sizzle at the beginning. But I think a lot of people are anticipating this first day because Josh Allen does not have a contract. Right. And LaShawn McCoy, his status is very much up in the air. So yeah. those are, you know two huge storylines before they even hit the field for practice yeah you're totally right and one quick aside just looking back to last year's training camp how about jordan matthews getting injured within 15 minutes of his first practice as a member of the team yeah that was another thing the basically once anquan bolden signed things started to get weird because (laughs) the trades happened shortly thereafter marcel darius his situation happened and when the trades happened, that's when Jordan Matthews got hurt. A lot of stuff started to fall into place a little bit. But, um, you know, the the buildup to camp last year was, was very low-key. And, hey, maybe this camp will have just as much um, intrigue and surprise as last year when, when things started flying off the handle a little bit for the Bills. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And uh, I, I think the what people are most focused on right now, just because it's the here and now, is the Josh Allen situation. And I don't want to spend too much time on this just because, you know, we are recording at 9.43 in the morning on Wednesday. He is still unsigned, and by the time I post this, it might end up him being signed. 
He and, could sign while we're doing this. Yeah, and then it would change. I would actually prefer that, so that way it wouldn't be you know uh, void. Uh, but the the entire situation is helped, I think, by Baker Mayfield signing late on Tuesday night. And what was interesting is that Baker chose uh, to have the offset language included in there uh, rather than trying to get it taken away. So now um, it, it really all has to do with, and Mike Florio did a nice breakdown of this in, in his um, wrap-up of Baker's contract that said, you know, if if Baker gets cut before the four years are done, the the Browns would not owe him the remainder of the money that uh, that was due in his in his total contract. So that is what the offset language is all about. Uh, just in the event that the player gets cut within four years, so it I believe the Browns and the Bills and the Jets, because Sam Darnold is also holding out. Or has is without a contract. I don't know if holding out is the right term. Technically not yet because right. he they haven't started practice. With the Jets? They're practicing okay. for the first time on Friday. Right. He just so didn't report. He did not yet report. So it's I don't think technically classified as a holdout, but he did not show up. He might end up being like in a hotel fifteen minutes from there <laughs> or, yeah. or something along those lines, just in case. All right, we're done. Let's go. <laughs> Uh, but that's that's what's going on with Josh Allen right now. And I think there's two ways to look at this. I mean, I know the way that it used to be set up, because I remember when Aaron Maben was drafted and he uh, was a technical holdout right at the beginning. Um, fans were not pleased with that because, you know, they felt he was greedy and everything like that. It, it's not like that anymore. It's more about seeing how much these agents and players can push teams because of the Joey Bosa precedent. Um, Bosa held out for a long time uh, last offseason, if you can call it a holdout. He, he, was, uh, he was just trying to get uh, that offset language removed from, from the contract. I think that's what is going on here because even though Baker signed, I think there's still, what, six first-rounders that have yet to sign, and Josh Allen is one of them. And they're they're all just kind of playing chicken with the team to see if they'll actually remove it and because the whole idea of the deadline spur action. So that's why it's it's kind of taking as long as it has, right? And I I don't know. At this point, with Baker Mayfield signing and not getting you know the, the language removed, right. I feel like... You know, just put pen to paper. I mean, these contracts are slotted. uh, They're guaranteed. And I think when you're, you know, quibbling over the language, uh, at that point, once Baker put pen to paper, the dominoes should start to fall pretty soon. And it's, I mean, I wouldn't blame them to, you know, try to get some leverage and, and, you know, do what's best for him but if he wants to win this starting job every day counts and uh every meeting counts it it starts you know really today when the team reports you know i was asked last week a couple times you know when do you start worrying about this and i said about wednesday and so if this creeps into the evening hours and he isn't signed you start to get a little bit concerned. Now he still has time. They practice at five thirty or something tomorrow yeah. night, so there's time for him to get this done. But I think if he wants to win this starting job and kind of get off on the right foot, he's got to put pen to paper. And like you said, this isn't like it was 
however many years ago when there was something to, you know, hold out over and there were money issues. It's kind of that part of it's gone. And this year is a little bit strange because a lot of the top 10 picks are, you know, kind of waiting until the last minute. Mm -hmm. And uh, there's a couple guys that didn't show up. Roquan Smith didn't show up. And uh, I think it's mostly the guys near the top. And that tends to happen when a guy like Baker Mayfield, who's the number one pick, waits until the very last minute. So maybe now things will start to fall into place. But it's just if he misses even a few days of practice, I think that can hurt him. Mm -hmm. And I think, you know, because that's going to set you up for the first preseason game. And if you're not, you know, up to speed with the other guys for the first preseason game because people think oh he could still go to meetings he could still do this and that well then he's kind of losing his leverage right completely so what's the point of staying away at that point i mean sure he could go to meetings if he wanted to i guess but then you're showing your hand a little bit and and showing that you actually want to be there and and that you know you're not going to gain much um in terms of leverage so i think it's in his best interest to get this thing out of the way. Even if for nothing else, public perception of not just how he's viewed in the locker room, but how the fans are going to view him, all that little stuff. I don't know if it's worth it. Yeah. I think the, there's a kind of a sweet spot here for how much time on field work that he could miss and still be okay. I think I would put it at around, Two, maybe three practices that he would be. Yeah, he would okay. need to be out there on what Saturday? They'll Saturday put or the pads Sunday, on. right? You know, one of those days they're going right. to put the pads on, and you know, the first day isn't going to be too intense, and so he's not going to be crippled by missing that time. But mm-hmm. as a quarterback, it's it's a little bit different. If this were Tremaine Edmonds, I would say he could you know show up a week in and probably be fine. But when you're neck and neck, you're already you know third team technically you know they've already been hesitant about giving you those reps getting ahead and doing everything you can to be on the field i think is important but yeah he could miss thursday yeah those probably friday those first two practices which are unpadded i think i think that's because the first game is what august 9th i want to say okay so Um, if he gets a full week of practice or you know at least gets in there by the start of August, I think he's probably okay. I mean, he's not going to be pushing for the starting job in the first preseason game, and he might even have the first team reps that they might have had in mind for him through the first, you know, three or four practices. Those might go away, and they would have to start from from right at the jumping off point of what they would have had he been an on time arrival. So that's what's going to hurt him the most. But at the end of the day, if we get around to the third preseason game and he's in and he's you know signed he's been practicing for a few weeks and he looks like the best of the three quarterbacks I'm not sure the first two or three practices are going to matter no I don't think they're gonna disqualify him for missing practice time I just wonder what missing that will do for the rep count and things of that nature when he's trying to maximize every rep and when he only got you know a handful of first team reps to begin with in the spring if that's going to delay when he's going to get those first team reps by a couple of days 
then it's you're kind of constantly playing catch up. I, I think the first day is probably fine. The second day, maybe even, but by the time you get to the third day, yeah, the weekend you're missing something. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, you're not uh, practice is just practice, but when you're in a quarterback competition, it's how you separate yourself. And let's say it it sets them back to the point where they say, hey, we can't give him as many with the twos in this preseason game because he missed a day or two of install and missed that timing with guys. And then, you know, the whole process gets delayed a little bit. So it's nothing. I I still don't think it's anything to panic over. Right. I mean, he's he's probably going to get this deal done. He may get it done. But by the time we're done talking, so it's like, it, and the fact that Baker got his done makes you think uh, this is something that will happen here yeah. in the next 24 to 36 hours. But uh, obviously, something to watch because he is basically the story heading into training camp, and everybody wants to see how he's going to perform. And so he needs to get this out of the way before he can worry about that. Yeah, and you'd have to think that even though there's other positions that are you know not are unsigned at the moment that the three quarterbacks have to be lumped together in this because it's I mean we all know quarterback is a bit of a different position it's it's very much noted as the highlight position of the entire league maybe even in the entire wild wide world of sports um, so for Mayfield to sign, without removing the offset language, it should have a trickle-down effect, a domino effect for uh, for Sam Darnold and Josh Allen. At least you would think. I mean, it didn't happen for Bosa because Bosa got ultimately what he wanted. But that said, you just have to think the quarterbacks are just all kind of keeping an eye on each other. And now that you know Baker has kind of said, all right, enough of this. I need to get into camp. I don't care about offset language. You would have to think that Darnold and Allen would, would sit there and go, all right, well. I, I guess the only reason that you would think that it might not happen with Allen is because of the representation being the same as Bosa's. But other than that, you know, I, I think, like you said, I, I think they should probably wrap up in the next day or two. And if it doesn't, then it becomes a bigger story than, than what it is right now. Well, Darnold also has... CAA is his oh, okay. agency, I believe. So uh, that you know could factor in there. But as a quarterback, you can't do what Joey Bosa did. You, you know, no. everybody. The funny thing was when Joey Bosa did that, everybody thought, "Oh, well, he just got to throw away his rookie year because he missed training camp," <laughs> and then he was really, really good. Yeah, about that. But uh, you know, as a defensive lineman, as a pass rusher, and a special one at that little bit easier to miss training camp and and still you know do what you need to do on the field as a quarterback I, I think you can forget it uh I you're maybe could have an impact later on in the year but we've already you know Josh Allen's already a guy that people think needs some time to sit and learn mm-hmm. and so reps count um and I think he recognizes that I think that's also important to note that stuff like this probably isn't coming from the player. You know, a guy like Sam Darnold wants to be on the practice field. Right. Uh, Baker Mayfield wants to be on the practice field. Josh Allen wants to be out there. He knows all these things we're talking about, you know, that practice time is valuable. Meeting room time is valuable. The perception of it is, is important to him. And so 
a lot of this is agents and really trying to, you know, get the best leverage. But uh, I think it's not something that's going to drag on. It's no. not, you know, like like it used to be. And that's by design to avoid stuff like this. And so, for instance, Roquan Smith in Chicago, he could probably hold out until September and walk on the field and still make an impact. Yeah. Uh, but as a quarterback, I think these guys understand that they can't really do that. All right, before we get into the other um, big training camp story, I wanted to take a couple of minutes out to say, hey, thanks to one of our loyal listeners. Um, On Sunday, we were both at uh, Tim Graham's uh, event for Make-A-Wish at Elmo's here in in the Buffalo area. And uh, one of the items up for live auction, you know, when, when we were hanging out with Tim, uh, we were just said, hey, why not uh, have have a listener be on the pod for one of those? Auction that off. That might get a couple of bucks for you. And and uh, and so he did. And I don't know about you. I was completely blown away. And I, I won't say the dollar amount, but I, I was completely blown away by how, how passionately uh, our Bills Beat fan, uh, Michael Partham, bid on our... And it, it was quick bidding, too. Like, it was a... That was maybe the most aggressive yeah. bit of the the afternoon. It was, and you know, just having that, and it just, it, it. I was blown away by that because not only is it going to a great cause, but it's it's because you all feel passionate about Bill's talk, and you know that that, that we're okay. So I, I I like all of that, and uh, Michael, thank you so much for uh, for having the winning bid and bidding on it, and and to the other two. Uh, Dave and I don't know what the what the bartender's name was. The bartender was getting into it. He was getting yeah. into it. So all all three of you guys that were bidding on it, we really appreciate it, um, and we look forward to having Michael on uh, sometime a little bit after training camp once they get back to Buffalo, and we'll have him on for a full episode. It'll be great. Yeah, we we both had good conversations with Michael too, yeah. so I think he'll be a, a worthy addition um, to the show. He's got um, he's got quite a bit of quite a bit of knowledge himself so i think he's it's going to be fun to have him on and um always fun to do something like that for a really good cause and oh yeah um it wouldn't have been possible without without michael and his uh his generosity so big ups to him and we're not going to have him come on here and like ask us questions or anything like that we're, we're just we're no, just no. Gonna he's chat. gonna be he'll, he'll be he's gonna be know, co-host chair oh yeah, yeah. it's gonna be a, a a three-man show that day maybe four-man could be. Could we, we, get, we could probably get TG, Tim on. TG or, or TD. I'm sure Tim would come on, especially for, for a guy who uh, stepped up at his event. Oh, like yeah. That. So, uh, yeah. We're not promising anything, but we kind of no, just did. Yeah, I think, <laughs> yeah, we just committed Tim to, to this uh, this exercise. We've been wanting to have him on anyway. Oh, yeah. So, so it'll I be think. great. It'll yeah. be great. Um, all right. Well, thank you, Michael. And uh, obviously, thanks to everybody that uh, that bid on certain things. And what. I think my favorite um, prize of the day was the Jonah Jabot experience. He's, Which was, I think, the highest yeah. bid of the afternoon. Yeah, he sent uh, forth uh, a, a round of golf. and For four at uh, Niagara Frontier Country Club. and Good spot. And what should have been four cases of bush light and ended up being three cases because <laughs> a fourth one was not yeah. able to be obtained. But Wegmans only had three cases. But the best bid was somebody bid $250 on it but then said they would do 275 if they could leave the beer there <laughs> which is 
a great bid. Very reasonable. That was one of the silent auctions. I wish that was out loud when <laughs> when that happened. But uh, but yeah, thanks to, thanks to everybody and, um, and and Michael for for taking part in that. And we'll see you in a few weeks here. All right, back to the task at hand because yeah, I wanted to get that happy note out of the way before it, it turns into a conversation that you know I don't know that. Uh, Bills fans were particularly fond of this. I don't know how you could be. Um, but LaShawn McCoy and what ended up happening around the end of the first week of July. It, uh, I mean, by now you all know the story where uh, there, were, there was a photo released by a friend of his ex-girlfriend that accused him of some pretty heinous things. It was ultimately deleted from, from the woman's... Uh, Instagram account, but it accused him of, uh, of of beating up a woman and accused him of you know um, you know not being the best of father figures it to his son him of multiple felonies, yeah. domestic abuse, child abuse, animal abuse, animal abuse is the and other one. steroid use. Yes, this is a all grand slam yeah. of accusations, all of which. To this point, are unsubstantiated. With a pretty yes, with a with a pretty like jarring picture of of the, the ex girlfriend's face, um, and then it ended up coming to be that uh, there was an intruder to the home that she was living in that is owned by Lashawn McCoy, and then she said it was a masked man, not McCoy. While uh, not totally ruling out that McCoy had something to do with it. Then there was the the phone calls that were released from the Milton, Georgia police that uh, uh, that you know had McCoy at least then in 2017 in in the call he made to police for for some force to to come to the home just to rem- help remove the woman uh, from his home. He sounded at least cordial then. Um, yeah, he was on and off trying to evict her, but seemingly inconsistently at times deciding it was she could live there until he sold the house and it was clearly a up and down on and off type of relationship and there was also a court case too to get her evicted but which he there's been multiple which he dropped one he dropped and Mm -hmm. then the most recent one which was probably the most interesting part of this to me is that he the most recent one was filed with by Tamarcus Porter, who was one of the guys that was with LaShawn McCoy when he was involved in that brawl at the Philadelphia nightclub. Mm. And Tamarcus Porter is neither a licensed attorney, nor is he the owner of the home, so they're trying to get the case thrown out on those grounds. But all in all, he's kind of been inconsistent about wanting this woman out of his house and um, there's certain proceedings that he's had to go through that he's trying to go through so it became very complicated uh, and it all started with that picture but now everything about this relationship has been dragged out into the public light oh yes and the police are still investigating he's not been charged with anything the NFL is still investigating the NFL is investigating which is probably the most pertinent part to the bills at the moment, uh, especially in the next 24 hours, 
from my understanding, Ian Rappaport reported earlier this week that McCoy plans to show up to yeah. training camp, but and that he will be treated like any other player. My understanding is that that information did not come from the team. And so this is likely McCoy's camp saying he'll be at camp and you know he's going to be there. But I think there's still a degree of intrigue over exactly how the Bills are going to handle this situation. Yeah. Because they would have had an easy way out and still will have an easy way out if the NFL puts him on the exempt list because then it's out of their hands. Mm-hmm. He's not to show up, and the problem is no more for the Bills. At least it's kicked down the road a little bit. But it's going to be... But it could be on them it, at this point. Yeah, it's going to be a huge story, and the biggest story of the first few days. I mean, or at least the first day, and having him there, and everyone's going to be expecting him to talk, and if he doesn't, then then that's going to... You know, just further the intrigue on the whole matter. Oh, I doubt he's going to... I don't think he'll talk. You don't uh, think he'll talk to no, the media at all? I don't, I don't think so. Interesting. I don't think he's going to talk for a while, would be my guess. If he does, I'll be pleasantly surprised, but he's going... If he's there, it's going to be... It's going to be really interesting. And I, if he's not there... See... This situation is now kind of on the bills because mm-hmm. if he's not put on the exempt list, you have to decide do we let him practice? Do we let him do we want this guy running around on a football field wearing Bills logos and representing our franchise while this very messy case is hanging over his head? And there's a that's a decision that could come as high as Terry and Kimpagula. Yes. And I think you know, I I would not expect him to talk. I think he'll rightfully, you know, lean on the fact that he's in the middle of an ongoing investigation and it would do him very little good to talk. Even if he insists all questions be kept to football, that probably won't happen. If he stands up at the podium, his lawyers haven't even released a statement. They've been very quiet. Mm -hmm. So... I would not expect him to talk if he's if he's there and if they're letting him practice. I would guess they keep him far, far away mm-hmm. from any of that until there's some level of clarity. And uh, it will be the biggest story because literally, as, as we had predicted, uh, Josh Allen has signed his rookie contract, uh, initially reported by uh, Chris Mortensen of ESPN. So Josh Allen will be uh, in camp and practicing from day one on, and he'll report to training camp today. All right, um, back to back to McCoy. As as um, obviously, it's complex, and I think I think it probably makes a bit of a which it it probably shouldn't. But this is the way the NFL is set up, or the the way the NFL operates over the course of time. It probably makes it. Uh, a bit more of an interesting situation because the prominence of Kim in in the organization and you know not every organization has a a prominent female that's kind of running the show and ever and everything along those lines it's it's more of uh, now with with domestic violence being such of a, a hot button issue and as it should be because it's flat out wrong I mean, what do I'm very fascinated to see how 
the Bills kind of play this. Well, and, and it's unfortunate that they're kind of put in this spot with you their know, star because players. I think there were, you know, when this thing came down, there were three easy, three ways where they would get out of this pretty easily. He's either charged, he's either, you know, cleared of all wrongdoing, or he's put on the exempt list. And it doesn't look like any of those three are going to happen before they take the practice field. So then they have to be the ones to decide. And it's not as simple as this guy's involved in this investigation. Keep him away from our football team because the flip side could be true. You could keep him away from your team and he could be cleared. And then you've kept an innocent man away from the football field, not to mm-hmm. mention one of your best players. So when you're juggling a situation where you have to determine, you know, to what extent he was involved and all of that. I mean, that's not your area as an NFL team. And so, but there is an element of, you know, PR at play here because you're talking about potentially, uh, you know, very serious allegations. If they, you know, if there's any shred of truth, I think most people would agree that he should be nowhere near the football field. Right. But at this point, there's a lot of, uncertainty around the whole deal so it's like you said kim pagula's involvement in all this is interesting i this has to be a decision that's coming from the top on down yeah because sean mcdermott can't you know sit there and make that type of decision Um, frankly i don't think he would want to he shouldn't i mean nobody you know it's it's ownership it's their team and it's their reputations that are you know somewhat hanging in the balance um, depending on what happens to this guy and and how he represents their team so it's look it's it's tough it's it's one of those things too where this guy's just turned 30 years old Mm -hmm. you're looking at probably a maybe a rebuilding year as we've talked about they could still contend if they have McCoy and he's as good as, you know, he has been, but you know, maybe you get to a point, like I said, if there's any shred of truth to it, then he's not worth it anymore. And if they cut him, they would be saving $3.7 million on the cap this year. They would push their dead cap north of 50 million. Yeah. Uh, but frankly, they don't care about that for this. There's year. no amount of dead cap that would, scare you away from getting rid of a guy who did some of the things that he's accused of um again if any of it's true so fascinating situation and unfortunately it'll be the main thing people around the country are paying attention to when it comes to the bills Mm -hmm. and that's what it's when you have it a guy like Sean McDermott and uh, Brandon Bean who have done so much to try to clear the roster of guys who do things the wrong way and things like that. It's interesting when something like this comes down and then, you know, you kind of have to put your money where your mouth is a little bit and, and decide because all of a sudden it's your star player and, you know, we'll see how they, they handle it. It's going to be, the number one storyline heading into camp. Yeah, and if if they choose to have him sit for 
the first however long practices until this whole legal thing gets it could be a while that's the problem so i know you know how do you play it i think you make the decision and stick with it you make a decision which they've probably already made and you stick with it if you're gonna let them practice you let them practice if you're not gonna let them practice you keep them away and so i think that's the only way to play it because this thing could drag on a long time so if you say he has to stay away because this is too much that's well within reason uh, for the bills to do but you can't you know a couple weeks before the season say all right you know nothing's changed but we're gonna let shady come back because the season's about to start you can't you know you can't be half pregnant as <laughs> we're going as back our, to our, you know as Rex Ryan once said we're going back uh, to 2016 NFL combine you we? have to pick a pick what one a way and just go with it because yeah. I don't think this thing it could get wrapped up in a couple of weeks but that's a big risk to take because then you're just dragging the decision out and then if you have no clarity what if it doesn't come until November you know and right it, so it you have to make a decision and kind of stick with it, unfortunately, because the NFL, I don't think, you know, maybe they will put him on the exemplist, but I don't know if there's enough there yet no, and to do that. That's that's the whole thing. I mean, even with other decisions that the NFL have made, they've kind of like pushed it down the road into the next season um, with, with a lot of these guys. Now, this is a bit different because you have to look at the Reuben Foster ordeal out in San Francisco is sort of along the same lines where they acted immediately on that. Um, but I don't know. I, if, if I had to go with my gut, I think LaShawn McCoy's on the field for that first practice. I agree. I, I think it's, there's, there's too much. I, I, if it was cut and dry and which none of these ever are, but if it was a little bit more cut and dry than it is, then, uh, then I, I think they might have a little bit more ground to stand on. But uh, all all that said, I think McCoy, you know, just staying silent uh, outside of calling the uh, allegations baseless and, you know, totally false. Um, outside of that, I think it's, it's going the way that NFL teams have normally played this stuff out they'll keep the player on the field until it's until it gets pretty real. So I I would tend to think that McCoy is on the field and you know it, it it's going to be a a circus until he talks, quite honestly. And if he doesn't talk then every day people are going to say, "Hey, is LaShawn talking today?" "Hey, is LaShawn talking today?" And you know, it's It'll go away. I mean, look, Zay Jones hasn't talked since he had his incident true but this is a bit more involved because LaShawn is is the star but there are times where he goes weeks without talking anyways I think and yeah we'll we'll ask but I don't know that that's going to sway things too much I I honestly don't think he's going to talk I don't know I don't quite frankly don't know when we'll hear from him again and and depending on which way this thing goes he may never well he has to in week one if he doesn't have to the players are required to talk once a week He'll find a, yeah, but he'll right. He's found ways to get around that before um, in much different circumstances. And if he has any sort of legal thing to sit back on, then he may talk eventually. But 
I'm not ruling out the possibility that we never talk to him again and if this thing goes a certain way. True. Yeah, I, I, I see where you're coming from there. And it's not as though him talking to the media is going to be the make or break of, of literally anything. But he can also do himself a little favor by talking and sounding contrite, sounding, you know. I just, wouldn't. I, if I were him, right. I would not talk to the media. No shot. Probably. Yeah, I would. I would Even sounding contrite. Yeah implies some level of guilt i mean no in, just in that a, the situation being put on the team like that sure yeah i mean the i wouldn't go anywhere near a microphone if i were him i i think there's this is complicated enough as it is and the fact that his lawyers haven't put out a statement when i talked to them like the first day he hired them they were like oh yeah we'll probably have a statement out you know within the next day or two and then they just never really you know ever they've had no comment ever mm-hmm. since and so if that's the strategy from this very prominent defense attorney then speaking to the media is going to do him no good because right. every other question will be about something and i i wouldn't trust myself if i were in his shoes <laughs> to stand up there and not say something you know incriminating and so i, I wouldn't say a word to anybody uh, on the record without my lawyer present if I were LaShawn McCoy yeah, because no, this is a very tricky situation. No, you're probably right. No good would come from it other than, you Maybe know. public perception, but yeah. the best public perception for him is going to be to get off completely yes. and be right. cleared of all wrongdoing. Right. And because then, he's not going to do that in the media. And any media he would do would be very strategic and so... Not scrum style. It would, and it wouldn't be. What would we get out of it, really? No, you know I, I, mean? I completely so agree with you on that. Not we that we won't ask or, or push for it, right. but it's one of those things where he has a legitimate excuse to not do it. And from that standpoint, it's going to be going to be hard to envision that happening before there's some level of you know clarity one way or the other. And if it goes a certain way, then forget it. You know. How about on the field? Um, because we've spent a lot of time about talking about him and you know coming into camp. Let's say he's away. Let's say they tell him, you know what, we're just we're good here un- until this thing kind of settles. I'm not saying that's going to happen because, like I said, my gut feeling is he's going to be on the field on Thursday. But let's say they tell him to stay away. Do the Bills then think to themselves? All right, well, let's think a little bit more about Josh Allen starting starting the year. Now that he signed, by the way, uh, the Bills officially announced it. God, we, we, if only we started this podcast like... An hour, 30 minutes 30 later. minutes later. Right. Eh, it doesn't matter. The first 15 minutes were fun anyway. Um, he must have been listening. He's, had to he's got the place bugged. Well, hey, maybe, maybe Bean does. Maybe Bean's like, hey, you know what? They're right. Joey Boots and, and Matty F are uh, talking about the Josh Allen contract and the holdout. Maybe we should get... No, it was because Baker signed yesterday. Um, but now that... Uh, do, do they think to themselves, well, maybe we should just uh, go all in on Josh and just let this year unfold the way that it will? Because LaShawn McCoy really represents the only offensive piece that you can count on. And other than that, I mean, look at his backup. Even he's uninspiring. He's more inspiring than Mike Tolbert was last year. But 
Chris Ivory had a career low in yards per carry last year with 3.4, which was a far cry from what he was in 2015, which was probably his best season of his career. And then the wide receivers, Kelvin Benjamin is a glorified tight end, if if you could put it that way. And um, I, I think all in all, the uh, the the offensive output is totally dependent upon uh, uh, upon uh, upon Lashawn McCoy. And if he's not there, do you just sit your, sit there and go, all right, well. We thought we were going to take our medicine last year, but let's let's just actually take our medicine this year. It's possible. I mean, here's maybe the the big question: is how many wins and losses does Lashawn McCoy really account for? You know, how big of a swing are we talking about? I'd say one and a half to two. You know, a running back. Even one as good as him, you know, may not be this huge swing uh, in terms of... Now, maybe it could go the way where you feel more likely to, you know, that they'd start Josh Allen and just hit the reset button. Or maybe they'd be a little bit more hesitant about putting Josh Allen in without what would essentially be his binky in LaShawn McCoy. Mm -hmm. So it's going to make life interesting for them i it's why i think he'll be on the field until they're forced to not put him on the field and it's going to shape their entire offense it's going to make life even more difficult for brian dable preparing for week one not necessarily knowing what could happen in the investigation in the next month and maybe that does impact the quarterback decision a little bit and maybe it does uh, you know, change how they they would plan to do things on offense because just like the situation with the offensive line, they have not really planned for life without LaShawn McCoy, just like they hadn't planned for life without Eric Wood or Richie Incognito. So that makes matters a little bit tougher on them. Uh, I think they weren't really planning to have to deal with life without LaShawn McCoy for another year or two. And they're now facing a situation where it could be a couple of months. So uh, I'll, I'll be fascinated to see how they handle it because it's probably the latest in a, you know, a handful of tough, to, tough deals for McDermott to have to deal with as a coach. And regardless of the decision they make, it's going to be one that he's going to have to sell to the team and one that he's going to have to navigate as a leader Everything he's done indicates he can handle it, but uh, it's this is about as tough a task as he's been uh, handed so far. Mm-hmm. And it's it's just all so complex. And I just how like I said, I don't think Sean is going to handle this. I think Sean. No, but regardless of what they it's decide, still, it's, still it's on, on him. him. Sure. To stand in front of the team. And explain this is why Shady is here. This is why he isn't. How's that going to play in the locker room? This is a guy that's supposed to be a leader, and you know, very complicated. So I think either way, Sean McDermott's going to have to be the one standing up there answering questions tomorrow afternoon, and almost every day thereafter. 
So it become it's on him because he's the face of everything and he's the voice that you know handles everything so it's on him in a way even if he's not the one that makes the ultimate call Mm -hmm. uh, or he's certainly not going to make it by himself but it's still something he has to deal with it's all going to be very 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 interesting and now that the josh allen shoe has dropped now their initial plan for him if we can bring this podcast full circle um will be uh, uh will be on from minute one through the end of camp barring an injury uh so what uh, what they had hoped for will inevitably happen um LaShawn McCoy will he be a part of practice tomorrow Thursday night that is another part of this that you can't ignore and man it, it's for the, from a Bills perspective they have to be sitting there going you know, just wanted a quiet off season. Maybe let Josh Allen be the biggest story heading into camp as as they thought it would be. But now LaShawn is, and we'll have to see how they play it. And I'm sure it'll generate conversation no matter what they decide, um, if he's on the field or if they tell him, hey, you know what, just, just stay away for a little bit. Because if they tell him that he has to stay away, then who knows when LaShawn McCoy is back because they can't really – like you said, they can't go back on that decision. So the Buffalo Bills will begin training camp with a practice on Thursday night. They are reporting today to uh, to St. John Fisher College, both rookies and veterans, by the way. And we'll have to see how the Bills look once we get to camp. If the defense is going to be as good as they think they can or as improved as a lot of people, myself included, think they are. And we'll see just how poorly this, or if this offense is going to be a poor unit with, under the, uh, with either AJ McCarron, Nathan Peterman, or Josh Allen as the quarterback. So it's uh, there's a lot of uh, layers to this camp, Matthew. It's 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 uh, I'm, I'm excited to get this thing started. Yeah, it's going to be a lot more than just Josh Allen and Lashawn McCoy. Even if those will be the the things people are paying the closest attention to. I I think it's the offense in general, the offensive line, you know, has a long way to go to get ready for week one. The new offense with Brian Dable uh, and what it will look like. I think we'll get a better taste of that in training camp in the preseason. The wide receiver position Mm -hmm. is in flux at the moment. And, you know, will the defense be quite as good as advertised? Can they stay healthy, which is always a big question in training camp. Uh, avoiding those big injuries is is key. And there's a little little intrigue on the preseason schedule with a visit to Cleveland and Tyrod Taylor and oh, Baker sure. Mayfield uh, on national television just a couple weeks away. So I think this will be a fun camp. Don't forget about the standing ovation that Andy Dalton's going to get in at uh, New Era Also Field. true. I mean, <laughs> almost every one of these games has a little something to it. Uh, there's the Panthers in the first week. There's the Browns uh, the following week. And then Andy Dalton uh, coming home to Orchard Park. I'm a little sad we're not going to Charlotte, though. Yeah. Good time. Good Not city. a good time of year to be in Charlotte. It's uh, soupy down there. Very humid. I don't care. Charlotte's uh, I'm big 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 fan Chicago. of Chicago. You got to take Chicago. Yeah, I'll take Chicago. Cleveland. I've got a special place in my heart for Cleveland. I really do. National TV. Can't 
can't complain about that. Sure. The site of the EJ preseason game Ooh. from a couple years ago. Never forget. Never forget. All right, Matthew. Well, to camp we march. It'll it'll be fun. And, uh, of course, we're going to be doing this a lot more frequently now that uh, things are back in the gear. Probably two, sometimes three podcasts a week. So uh, hold on to your butts. It's, uh, it's about to get real. All right, everybody. Uh, my name is Joe Biscaglia for Matthew Fairburn of The Athletic. Uh, we, are, uh, we are pushing on toward camp and uh, should be a lot of fun. All right. Uh, so the Bills will get started on Thursday. And thank you all for listening to the Bills Beat. We'll talk to you sometime after the first practice or two. We'll, 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 we'll let you know. We'll keep you in the loop. All right, everybody. Thanks. See ya.